This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Do you like sci-fi, fantasy, action, adventure, and comic books? Then you've come to the right place for your weekly dose of anything and everything geek. So strap in and let's get this show on the road. Welcome to the Science Fictionary Podcast. Welcome back to the Science Fictionary Podcast. I'm Andrew. I'm here tonight with Daniel. Hello. And David. Heyo. And we're glad to finally be back. We've been off for a little bit. We've done some stuff over on the YouTube channel, but uh, this is our first time sitting down and recording a podcast for either show in almost a month. Uh, no Marisha tonight. She's uh, still in Florida, but we will uh, move on without her. And she'll be back next week. But um, we're just kind of, we're not, we don't have topics or we've kind of got a few loose topics, but there's been a lot going on since we've been away and there's a lot of stuff coming up soon. Um, and what so if? we're just going to, right. So we're just going to kind of catch up on what everybody's been watching and, uh, and find out what everybody's excited about coming up. Cause we got a lot of good stuff coming up late summer and early fall as well. So, uh, what's, what's everybody been doing? David, it's been the longest since I've talked to you. Did you see, um, did you finish Loki and did you watch, uh, Black Widow? Yeah, I saw both Black Widow and I finished Loki. Um, overall, I I really liked both of them a lot. Uh, Loki, surprisingly, it just became like the most important Marvel thing since Endgame arguably yeah uh, which i did not expect at all for that to i mean i knew we were dealing with the tva but i did not like expect for it to be so big okay spoilers it's been out for a couple weeks now i did not expect kang um of course once it got to like the final episode i was like okay kang's totally gonna be in it but at the very beginning i did not expect that at all and so i really like the boldness of the show to like, no, we're going to be important. Yes. This is a TV show about Loki, but we're going to be important. This is, this is a big deal, which you never would have guessed that a random Disney plus series about a guy who this Loki showed up for like two minutes in Endgame, just became this big of a deal. And it was a great show. I really liked all the characters and all the performances. I, I liked the ending a lot. I'm happy we're getting a season two. I think it was really good. Uh, Black Widow was, I liked a lot more than I thought I was going to like all my problems that I had with it going into it. I still kind of have with the, eh, it should have been made five years ago, but everybody says that like, whatever, let's just, right. once I, I mean, just sit down and try to enjoy a good movie, I, I really like it. Yeah. It's not, it's not perfect. There's some weird out of place things. Six scenes that just kind of take me out the movie sometimes. Um, but overall, I really liked it as like a good spy thriller. The first 20 minutes or so of the movie, like from the very beginning all the way through that um, opening credits with the Nirvana cover and, and all of that, I thought was excellent. Oh, that's that, that, that whole that whole lead yeah. in the whole title card lead in and the opening credit sequence was incredible. Completely wrapped me in. And when I first heard, like, oh, they're doing a Nirvana cover, 
my first instinct was like, well, this is going to be stupid and cheesy. This is, this is like oh. Zack Snyder putting hallelujah in, in a, in a Snyder cut trailer. Right. But it actually like really wrapped me in mm-hmm. and got me really invested in the title card, which is really cool and really dark and really got me in this sort of like black ops, uh, deep spy operation mood that I really liked. It felt like I was playing a call of duty black ops video game watching that yeah so i mean i really like that it's a fun action movie i mean you know the action in it was fantastic yeah like you know they kind of went for a very mission impossible uh jason Bourne kind of action flick and and they did it and uh it's not a perfect film i still think it's kind of middle of the road marvel fair but i like a lot of things they did it's an enjoyable movie that i would have absolutely no problem sitting down and watching again yeah, and I'm I am very glad that Scarlett Johansson Natasha got to lead her own movie because she's proven years ago that she is 100% capable of of leading her own movie, and she did a great job. Um, my only problem with the action is, and this really bothers me, it's just a little nitpick. Why did Marvel? Why did they never say? Just take one sentence to say, oh, she took some sort of version of the infinity formula so that's why she can you know do the insane things that she does like i get she's highly trained but she's like falling from the sky and doing karate and crap and like it's 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 so much crap and and it's like why not just say oh she she's a little bit enhanced she has like she has she 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 has higher endurance she can take all the crap that she goes through and she's, you know, she's not like a super, she's not Captain America level super soldier, but just, it takes me out of it when I'm like, this is just a normal woman. She's who's just been trained and she's doing this stuff. No, you don't need that. It's actually cooler that they don't do that. I disagree. It's actually, no, the entire, uh, uh, no, I mean, she was other than the, other than the falling, the thing while the the thing is falling out of the sky, like did she really do anything more outrageous than she's been doing in any other? No, but 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 I was no, this, no, no, so the entire time the entire time she's been in the MCU, the fact that people like her and Hawkeye, Hawkeye who does have an exceptional skill with the bow, whatever, you know. Nobody's sitting there. You're not trying to ask them to make up a superhuman ability for Clint Barton why he can aim. No, but he can like. No, but the entire fact that the entire fact that she is just badass enough to hold her own with a guy who has a literal nuclear weapon suit of armor on his body, and the Incredible Hulk, and Captain America. Just the fact that she can contribute to the Avengers and just be a normal person is the extraordinary part of her. We don't need an explanation that she's got some kind of... uh, You don't watch a Mission Impossible movie and need an explanation for Ethan Hunt being superhuman. I mean, honestly, I would be be down for them to introduce more characters like her. I mean, I still think we need... You know, especially now that Agents of Shield really isn't. Uh, I don't know if we say it's yeah, not like canon or if we consider it part it, of the right. multiverse now. Just don't uh, talk about it. Like, let's bring Mockingbird back into the equation. 
Um, and that'd be really cool. And I, I'm fine with like the spy stuff, but then you're like, it's like, I'll be watching stuff like infinity war and she's like, you know, going toe to toe with, um, literal like alien gods. Yeah. Here's what I appreciate the, about that. And it, and it goes back to Stan Lee's most, the, probably the question that was asked of Stan Lee the most. And we actually, the three of us had an opportunity to hear someone ask him this question. You know, who is the most powerful? Well, yeah, wh- which character is the most powerful? And who wins in if, a fight? Who wins in a fight? And it says, whichever one you're writing about. <laughs> yeah, that exactly. was a great answer. Yeah. And, and so, exactly. to some extent, I've always just looked at that as kind of the spirit of the comics being kept alive in the movies. Like, you know, it's should she be able to go toe-to-toe with Iron Man? Well, no, but... Like if we need her to for the scene, then yeah, she's going to go toe to toe with toe to toe with Iron Man. Like, you know, it's a little bit outrageous, but they're still comic book films, and like, I That's you true. know, it's like where is the line of, you know, you want them to feel real, you want them to feel feel realistic, but you still want them to have that like element of, you know, supernatural and sci fi and, mm-hmm. and fantasy with some characters and. And so, like, where do you draw the line between trying to make it feel real and trying to keep the spirit of the comic alive? It's not designed to feel real. It's fantasy. No. Right. You know, but but you want it to feel shows. like, th- you want it to feel like this world, like, could exist. Yeah, like, follow the rules of, you know, create your world and then follow the rules of your own creation. Um, right. And and I think Marvel does that really well, actually. They do. World outside your window. Um, that's a that's a big difference between like Marvel and DC, for example. Is DC has Metropolis, Marvel has New York City. Yeah. Spider Man's from Queens, you know, and um, and both work in their own way. And I do enjoy like the relatability of Marvel and that it is a normal woman. And you know, theoretically, you could be a young girl in the theater watching it and like. You could be that. Like, there's nothing, there's no um, special serum inside of her that she just, through hard work and training, she was able to do those things. And that's cool. And that's great. And I respect that. And that's why this is just a little bit of a nitpick. But then I see things where, like, I was watching Civil War the other day, and there's that scene where Crossbones drops a grenade in in the armored car with her. And all she does is, like, put a person in between her and the grenade like inches away from her and it just blows her and she hits the back of the door and just falls out and she walks away from it. Like it's fine. Whipping her hair back. It's like, no, yeah. you'd be dead. And, and, and but well, they, do, it's, they it, do address it, it also though. They address, they do address it to some level also in the movie when Yelena says no one comes after you because you know, the names in the, in is, uh, it's in the name of the team, the Avengers, you know, Someone whacks you, and one of the big ones comes and avenges you. And right. she goes, "What are the big ones?" And she, what did she say? She said, "I doubt the god from space needs an aspirin after a fight." <laughs> while right. Natasha's sitting there picking up a bottle of ibuprofen. So yeah. you know they they yeah. play with it, they acknowledge it, but it's it's still though that's just one of those things you just have to. I, I think it's exactly. one of those things. If you're going to have ordinary people as part of the team, you're going to have to accept some. Yeah moments where they're you still a little bit superhuman. I'm going to have to deal with it with like Sam Wilson, Captain America now, like 
he's going to survive crap that I'm going to look at and be like, he's just a dude who should be dead. He's going to be able to do things, but that's just, I don't want him to be dead though, but I want to see cool stuff happen. So I just got to get over it. Yeah. But that's why I appreciate people like, I appreciate people like Bucky, right? Bucky was never given the super soldier serum, but they talked about how like, well, Hydra did all those random experiments on him to try to see that's how he was able to survive. You know, like little stuff like that. that kind of like part, he did have a sort of a version of the serum. Right. They just they applied the like, Steve took, but right. He wasn't turned into a, a buff god, but he can like I if he got hit with a grenade and survived, then I'm able to write it off in my head and be like, okay, well, all those he he has some sort of serum inside him. There's something about him that is enhanced that is different. And I think that's a good balance. And well, I think Black Widow would have benefited from something. Because from my understanding, in the comic books, her and like Nick Fury, they take the Infinity Formula. Um, and so the Infinity Formula is like an offshoot of uh, of the Super Soldier Serum. Uh, that's been a thing that's been said before. I don't know what they're doing with Nick Fury now. I think he's on the moon or something. But anyway, um, point is, they do stuff like that. And... But it's a small nitpick that got well, turned into a ten minute. And, and I and I get the, I get the nitpick, and and it's one that mostly in Marvel I I've really it hasn't bothered me at all. And it honestly, the only time that it ever happened in a Marvel movie, and I went that was a bit much, was in Guardians Two, when they crashed the ship or somebody I don't even remember which one of them is hanging from a rope below the ship, crashing through Drugs. trees. Drugs. And I'm just going, yeah. okay, that that was a bit much like then at least there i could say well he's an alien right and and, and that when you do ultimately go okay he's he's not human but like at the same time like (laughs) you know right exit exit velocity of a spacecraft (laughs) crashing you through trees like yeah there have been uh, a lot of times like and what really got me in this movie was when she's falling from the sky and like do it like that was all a little like okay well, see that that's that one goes that 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 operates on a whole different principle. She can do all those things on the ground, right? So doing them in space is the same. It's the uh, the principle is uh, if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Oh sweet <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, what do you guys think about Taskmaster in in Black Widow? I'm sure y'all already discussed it. We but- did. We did. Well, okay. And I'll just tell you my opinion. Okay. Eh, strange. You know, fine. I, I'm okay with it in a sort of like indifferent kind of way. Yeah, like, yeah. I think it serves the purpose of the story. Exactly. I think it serves the por- the purpose of the story really, really well, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, did it have to be Taskmaster? No. But it is. And... I'm not going to, I'm not good. That's not going to ruin the movie for me. I I had been looking forward to that movie. I had been, uh, and I think y'all were kind of in the same boat screaming for Scarlett Johansson to get her own film for a long time. Yeah. She was the one, the member of the group that had really gone beyond paying her dues as part of this whole, as part of the MCU and never gotten her own film. I'm glad they finally got it. I mean, it would have, of course, been better if we had gotten it right after Civil War. But again, that's, it is what it is. That doesn't, I can still look at the movie as having happened then. Like people that are saying that ruins the movie for them. 
that it didn't happen right. It's like, it still fits there. That's still where the movie occurs. Like, is it a good movie or not? I don't care when it came out. Like, yeah. And now in 10 years when we're watching a marathon, we can just watch it in order. Right. Yeah. The, the guy that said that, he wasn't going to bother watching it because there are no stakes to the movie because we know she survives the end game and she dies in end game. And I'm sitting there going, dude, if this movie came out right after civil war, would you really have gone and watched this movie worried that they were going to kill her in her first solo movie? Give me a freaking break. Right. Right. I see your point there. Yes. Yeah. Just, just ridiculous. <clears throat> That's like saying, uh, I'm not going to watch winter soldier ever again captain america winter soldier because i mean i know that he retires and and gets married to peggy so whatever and the thing is as we always knew that for some of these characters that they were only ever going to be around for so long like you know so you're you're watching all these movies going eventually he's not going to be in these anymore so like i don't know the whole argument about the stakes and of course there were stakes there are oh, yeah. Yeah. the stakes might be for other characters other than Black Widow, but there are stakes in this movie, and she plays a big role in how that plays out and sets things in motion that will continue after she is gone. Like we we send a new character out on this mission to save all of these brainwashed the super soldiers. And now she's going to be in every episode of Hawkeye. Like, she's the third. So, like, in the new stuff they showed for Hawkeye today, they were listing her as, like, it's Jeremy Renner, Haley Steinfeld. Yeah, like, like she's part of the main cast. Yeah. yeah. And that's really cool. Like, it's set up pretty well, and I'm really excited about that. I think it's really cool. And, you know, uh, in regards to Taskmaster, there's no reason they can't bring the character of Taskmaster back and make it a you know, a title type thing. Um, like, or even that character is fine. I don't care. I mean, there's no indication. I'm fine. Like I'm absolutely fine. Now, again, I'm not really well versed in the comics. I know absolutely nothing about the character other than what his basic skill set yeah. is in the comics. Here's the thing. Nobody cares, including me. Nobody cares about the character himself. Like, I, I don't think, anybody cares about like the guy he's from like the Bronx I think they care about his really cool power yeah and so you can still have this taskmaster in here come back and use that power that's the only disappointing part about taskmaster to me is I think he was actually she was actually underused I think I would have loved to see more scenes of her using a shield and using black panther claws and shooting the bow like more stuff and with the Red Guardian fight, that was kind of disappointing to me. I wanted to see more because there's really cool things you can do with that, mm-hmm. and I'd love to see that. And I, I and, think they and, will. I, I don't think we. I don't think that character's gone. No, no. But we talked about that last time we talked. All this faux outrage over they ruined Taskmaster. No. I don't know a single human being who was a Taskmaster fan. Now Nick commented with us last week. And Nick has some knowledge about the character where I, okay. So Nick's probably the one real, the one real Taskmaster fan. I know, but yeah, nobody, him and nobody cared other, about this character. Nobody should be outraged. They ruined their favorite character. He ain't nobody's favorite character. Now, it, it, like Andrew said, it didn't have to be Taskmaster to get the, 
the story that we got? No, it didn't. But you know what? The power set's cool. The costume's cool. They were trying to hide her identity to the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. And so all that fit and it worked for the character. And I'm okay with the version of the character we got because the emotional payoff we got from that subplot was worth it. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And it was a good twist. I did not see that coming at all. When she was taking off them, I thought it was a robot. And I think they were trying to lead you to think it was a robot. Um, the way that they were like plug things into the back of its head and stuff like that. Like I thought, Oh, okay. So Taskmaster is just a robot. When they they first cast that actress, that was that was surmised pretty quickly. So, I think I think the big thing with yeah um, the the whole you know putting the chip in her in her brain and everything is um, I think really kind of pushes the point home of just to his own daughter. Like, let's not forget, like this is the guy that's done all these terrible things to all of these girls for a good period of time up to the widows. Mm-hmm. And what he did to his own daughter in a lot of ways is even worse. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that, and I think that's what they went for. It really hammers home. Like why this is wrong. Like, like right. kind of, what you know why what he's doing is bad like completely bad yeah and so it fits the story you know it's it's that's how i feel about the mandarin twists in iron man 3 like oh my take God. these start con- all that travis take these <laughs> concepts and characters and just it, it it fits the story and it's fine and now look we're getting mandarin for real in shang chi so it's fine like it's fine yeah, and and we're going to talk I, about that as... in a minute. But before we move on from Black Widow, since we had another Scarlett Johansson topic here, yeah, um, let's shift gears and talk about that for a minute. With the news today that, and of course, she's kind of been in the news for the last few weeks with, you know, kind of, you know, going out of her way to say, well, you know, my character when she was introduced was nothing but eye candy and was over-sexualized. She's, and, she's not wrong. She should be proud of the fact that they overcame some of that stuff. But I think they overcame it a lot faster than she indicates they did. Like, she kind of acts like that's what my character was for most of her time in the MCU. And that's what she really was when she showed up. But a character that I cared nothing about before the MCU and quickly became one of my favorite Marvel characters in the movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought she was going to lead the Avengers. I thought that like the plan was an end game, Tony and cap die or whatever. And now black widow's the leader of the Avengers officially. Like that's what I thought was going to happen. Like I, I really respected that character. And by, by the time the first Avengers movie came around, I think that they had already done pretty well moving past the whole eye candy thing. Now, when Winter, now she was still pretty sexualized going throughout. Like in Winter Soldier, I can especially I can remember scenes where she's just being sexy and for the sake of sexy sometimes. Right. But but here's the thing: like you can't forget like what she was trained to be. Yeah, like she's trained but, to keep men off their guard. 
Right. No, and, and that, like, that plays that plays into the character for sure. And and I certainly th- I don't think they did it just for the sake of oversexualizing the character because they could have gone way further with it had no. that been what they wanted to do. Yeah. I think this is about Look, who the dude, character is and that it's not just about them overcoming it in the movies. It's literally about the character overcoming the years of training to be that. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. And and we don't want to. Well, here, here's my complaint with it. Like, she's entitled to her opinion, but it sound, it, it comes across as sour grapes when you wait 10 years to suddenly have a problem with it when you're on your way out the door. Well, but, no. Like, you don't get to... Like this a couple of years ago, though, because, and she's actually, there is an article... I read recently, I wish I knew it now so I could tell you, where she actually talks about how at that point in her career, she didn't have a problem with it. That she herself has grown as a person and looks at that now and wishes that they, herself included, hadn't done that so much, is is the way I perceived her comments. But... Yeah. I don't know. I'm also I I'm I'm a huge fan of hers, even before these movies, so maybe I'm biased, but that was the way you I perceive comments when I read them. Yeah. You are what is known on the streets as a simp for Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> well, hey, don't be ashamed. But moving on from that, because I, I'm I really like that's all yeah. beside the point. The stuff that yeah happened today is a little bit bigger news in the grand scheme of things uh with the news that she is suing disney to recoup back-end money that she would have gotten off of the movie from theater earnings right yeah and of course we don't know of course right she's contractually like owed this money so i have no problem with her like so so first off I'm absolutely 100% fine with her going after the money that she's owed. Um, Like she's contractually owed that money. And she definitely lost some. Cause I, I would bet money that in her contract, there was nowhere that said, also you will get this much money from Disney plus viewership. Right. No. And I was going to bring that up. It seems like they would at least do that at this point. Well, and I think they will. I mean, I think, you know, obviously, the settlement of it. obviously it doesn't seem from what I've heard, Kevin Feige hasn't come right out and just like blasted Disney for the decision, but he also didn't seem exactly happy with the fact that it got released on both platforms. I think it was strictly a Disney decision to try to bolster Disney plus numbers and that that Marvel that Marvel Studios didn't really get any say in the decision. Right. Well, they've been ever since the pandemic, they've been doing this. They did it with Mulan, they did it with Cruella. Yeah. You know, they yeah. they did it with Raya and the Last Dragon. They've been doing a, this is, since the pandemic. They're trying to recoup some of that money that they're losing because even if you release it in a theater, there's still a lot of people not going to the theater either way. Right. Yeah. So it's it's a business decision, but at the same time, you should be fair to your star who you made an agreement with. Right. And of course, this is the problem. There's been a lot of problems around Dune with this, uh, with uh, Warner Brothers, 
where a number of people involved in that project threatened to sue, and including the company that was fronting most of the money, threatened to sue Warner Brothers over them wanting to release it on a streaming platform uh, because of back-end money and all that stuff. So, and of yeah. course, the the possibility, you know, the, the director had a strong feeling that releasing it on the streaming service would kill the possibility because we're only getting half. This is supposed to be part of a two-parter. And there's the possibility that this tanks, and we it tanks not because the movie's not good, but because everything's a mess and people still aren't really going to the theater and we right. don't get to do the second part of this film. But at the same time, studio executives, you, you expect them to be smart about that and have responsibility about that. If they're going to make the decision to release it on streaming within the same week that they released it in a the theater, then you have to take into account how much money was spent on your streaming service for that film as well to really judge the success of it. Yeah. I would think if they're going to make these decisions, there's that they know to take that into account. They would have to. So I don't know that that's going to be an issue as far as killing sequels. And you're just looking at box office numbers. No, if you're going to do this, you got to look at all the money a movie made for you. in it's initial release, whether it was on a streaming platform or in a movie theater, and this is the kind of crap we're going to deal with the next few years. Yeah. Because the, the lines are getting more and more blurred between streaming and theaters and what we're going to do. And don't think this is going to stop whenever the pandemic completely goes away and everybody's forgotten about it and the theaters are open. No, these studios have gotten a taste of this. And, and, and I think for the most part, they're going to like it. And so we yeah. had, don't think this is going away anytime soon. Although we have shown pretty concretely at this point that your streaming service revenue doesn't would take, you don't just have to get new subscribers. You have to hold them for years to replicate the money of a big theater release. You do. But with the premier access that Disney does, you're paying $30 to see that film. When Did, it releases right. The Did, for it's Disney, it's a little different for a while. So right. they can track how many people bought just that movie. And equate that to ticket sales. Yeah. So I, I don't know, but I mean, what do y'all think about the, the issue, you know, uh, Scarlett Johansson suing Disney? Uh, I 100% support her. We already established the fact that David called me a Scar Joe simp. <laughs> but no, in all. Hey, honesty, man, I'm a Sophie Turner simp. It's okay. Just embrace it. Right, you're, it's okay for you to be wrong. Um, Sophie Turner is pretty awful in those X Men movies, but I don't care. Just about Sophie right now. Anyway, no, I I completely agree with her. She her contract, part of her salary was going to be based off the box office of this film, and it just makes sense that if you that there are a percentage of people who, if they can sit home and buy it on Disney, if they didn't have that option, they right. may very well have. Going to the theater. Yeah. And you so can't, I, there's not, you've got no, you've got no way to prove the other side of it at all. So it's just an issue. You can't say they would have, but you can't say they yeah. wouldn't have either. Right. So she has a legitimate gripe here. She does. And they're going to wind up owing her some money and they, and I suspect they're going to settle. Uh, yeah. Because I, I don't think they're going to 
want to drag this out. I mean, obviously they could drag it out forever if they wanted to, but I don't see them wanting to drag this out. Uh, because any, you know, continuing to drag this out yeah, with her I, hurts their ability I, I to hire other think... people going forward. Because this whole back end thing, I mean, really, Robert Downey Jr. is where this started in the MCU. And it's not that it's uncommon in films, but I mean, this has been how they have afforded to keep these big names yeah. in the MCU is paying them a part of the back end. Um, I mean, Robert Downey Jr. just made ungodly amounts of money on Infinity War and Endgame. Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely think that she's in the right and that there's a lot of money that was lost and left on the table for her that um, she probably would have gotten if they were released. Now, as I said on Twitter earlier, so there is a there is a part of me that is always bothered when rich people complain about not getting more money. Um, that's just something that. But, I, that but the I don't. Time, that, the thing is, is to go around. right? But that's the thing for me. This doesn't fall into that. Like sometimes you get people that just complain about money, and it's like, okay, you've got plenty of money. But like, this is different. Like this is literally them taking money out of her pocket. No, it is different, and that's why I said a small part of me, right. and that's just the thing. That's just the thought that I had, right? And of course, I still that's one hundred percent correct. You immediately go, "You got enough money," like. But the truth is, like, I also so believe that Disney. a contract is a contract, and yep. um, if Disney, you not, don't want Disney to think that they can't abuse their actors. Hey, look, and Disney, what happens? This when isn't there's a smaller actress. Um, like, I'm sure Florence Pugh does not make nearly as much money as scarlett johansson right yet that's like i said yet right yeah so if you if 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 an impression is given off that disney can kind of push around an actress the caliber and like the star power of scarlett johansson then they'll any then they you don't want them getting the idea that they can abuse and well, do this kind of thing. Oh, and that's what I'm any, saying. It is any actress who who needs that money, right? Like if Scarlett Johansson doesn't get this money, I think her, I think she's still gonna eat, right? Right. But but that's that's not the point. Though it's the principle of it, like you're it saying, is. David. It's just like if I agreed to do a job for my company, and there was a certain part of the deal, and later on they go, well, we paid you enough money. We're not doing that other thing for you. We told you you would do. That's the same thing. It's the exact same thing. And while you would still go home and probably eat dinner, it's it, it's still your money. You still earned it. You still got the right to it. And If they literally did something that may have cost me two-thirds of the revenue I thought I was going to get off of a deal, yeah, you better believe I'm suing them. No, yeah, she's right. She's definitely right. And like I said, she doesn't need the money, but it's the principle behind it. And like and I don't I would hate for this to be happening to like an actress who really needs that money. Like yeah. that is their money for the year. You know what I mean? Like like well, someone you know, the the, the closest example, you know, because you're not really gonna see a lot of actors and actresses that are not big names getting back in money on a on a deal. Like movie yeah. th studios aren't gonna do that. They're gonna pay you up front and that, that's it. But the closest comparison to what you're saying, someone who's not just rolling in the dough 
and getting stuff. Disney has done that too. And they did that with a number of Star Wars writers who wrote books back in the expanded universe days um, who once, once Disney took over, they just quit writing checks for book sales for the books those people had written. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, I, I don't know if they've sorted that out. There was always the possibility that it was an oversight. Um, but, you know, it, it, it happened. Whether it was an oversight or not, it happened. And when the, when the writers came forward, Disney just kind of like tried to shrug it off and act like, you know, nothing had happened. Right. And so, you know, big companies can be, can be greedy. <laughs> Um, that's how they got so big. Right. That's, that's why, why costs are going up at Disney world. Um, but anyway, I I think we're kind of all in agreement there. I am I'm curious to see how that plays out because like I said, you know, if they end up screwing her on that, then it's going to make other people think twice when they're signing on to do a movie with a Disney studio. Yeah. Um, and I think, and I don't, and I think this is an interesting case study going forward because it's not just about Disney with Warner brothers also doing a lot and all of their studios that operate under their banner, kind of doing the same thing where they're wanting to push things. Uh, and of course there's, there's all kinds of deals going down there with, um, if they keep releasing things to the streaming service, once they don't really have to, to get them out some theater chains are going to start suing studios as well. Especially on movies, on movies where there were already deals in place for those movies to go to theaters. Um, Mm -hmm. um, But um, a little other things like, I'm not going to touch on Loki much as we talked about it a lot last week, but um, I do want to watch. I know there's some interviews out there with people that worked on it, talking about some of the things that I had problems with and you had problems with and how does a, how does a variant exist? Like, and not just a variant, but a variant that's entirely different than our main character. Right. I, I, I'm curious to see how they answered those questions, but I, the more I think about the time travel stuff, especially if the way they p- showed us time passing in they showed us the sacred timeline as a loop, as a circle, which is a common way of viewing time that time is, is circular. And, uh, it just made me think that if that's the case, like I keep going deeper down the rabbit hole on this and not getting I'm answers getting where you're going with this though. I'm starting to wrap my head around it now. Like maybe Sylvie is a, a variant version of Loki from a different sequence of the loop. Right. Because if it's circular, I hadn't thought of that, but I don't like it. (laughs) Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm not necessarily liking the answers I'm coming up with, but the answer I'm coming up with is that the, the, uh, sacred timeline version of reality and the multiverse coexist simultaneously. If time is circular, (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my god are we we're back we're back into why daniel doesn't want time travel overdone 
Don't overcomplicate the shit. Yeah. All right. Anyway. All right. But it's going to explode. Let's see. What else? Uh, what else have y'all watched? Have y'all watched anything else lately that, uh, can we, can we, can we, can we, can we get into He-Man now? Can yeah. We I mean, I have He-Man not now? watched it yet, but yeah. <laughs> you haven't watched it yet. No. I've been uh, way too deep in my, since it released, I was way too deep into my X-Files watching and I was on the last season of the original run. And okay. so All I right. kept watching I'll just that. run y'all, I'll just run y'all through it. And anybody listening to this show already knows we are not spoiler free. We won't even try to be. And we're honest about that. So here we go. I watched the first episode of this show and I loved it. Mm-hmm. After only watching one episode. So I'm sitting here going, okay, cool. That was different. We've raised the stakes and I haven't seen us do anything yet that dishonors the original show. It's what I wanted. And that's what they told us we were getting, right? We were going to have a more adult, more a more adult show with higher stakes. And to me, that's what I wanted. I don't need a complete rehash of a show. I enjoyed when I was seven because I'm 40 now. Right. You didn't want them to go back and redo. And of course there's some validity to that. I mean, they did that with Voltron. They like totally went back, rebooted, redid the whole thing. And it's fantastic, but you don't have to do that with every property. You don't. No, no, no. This was, he gave us what he said he's going to give us. It's a continuation, but also we're going to raise the stakes on it. It's going to be more adult oriented. You know, it's just going to get real. I was happy with that. Well, I only watched one episode Friday. We were on vacation. So I didn't get a chance to finish the whole series till Sunday. But between Friday and Sunday, I'm reading Twitter going, oh, shit. Yeah, like they have that have they ruined the show? What is going on? Is you know, uh, uh, you know, whatever. I mean, we saw He Man get killed at the end of the first episode, but duh, it's fantasy. He and Skeletor are both gone out of this universe. They're bringing them back somehow, right? Like no problem. And then I'm getting worried about it going. What the frick? Like the whole series was about Tila, which is a character I like just fine. Yeah. But they marketed this thing, and this is where this is where I can agree and see people's points while they're upset and they feel like they got bait and switched. Here's the thing. Kevin Smith entirely man show. They marketed it as a He-Man show. Yeah. And you killed him twice in the series. Right. And the 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 bottom line is that Kevin Smith created this drama. Like he totally manufactured this. Had he had they not marketed it as a He-Man show just masters of the universe that's all you got to do and actually that's the title right the title of this show does not have the word he-man in it anywhere but all of the marketing material is all he-man yep and the fact that kevin smith kevin smith did a couple things here that created the problem and the thing is is i like kevin smith but kevin smith first of all lied about where the show was going and I, and I, I that I now I understand, it, I understand not wanting to give away his story. So I don't really like, I don't think it's fair to ask a director to tell you their story before the, before it's released. You okay. know, it's kind of like when you ask JJ Abrams, well, you know, is, 
is that con? Is he pl- is Cumberbatch playing con? Well, no, of course not. It's because he didn't want to give away his story. Boy, the twist, right? And so I understand why Kevin Smith. My big problem with Kevin Smith is actually things he has said since it came out, not the things he said before. Oh, um, well, we're going to get to some of that too. Yeah. All right. So the, here, <laughs> so I understand why people have problems and why they got upset. Yeah. But, and, and and taking off from what you just said, some stuff Kevin Smith has said since. I've read all this stuff. Here, here's you. Here's the entire, not the entire article or whatever, everything he said. But the one thing that really pissed some people off was whenever he told them, if you don't like it, don't watch it and grow the fuck up, right? right. Excuse my language. I'm sorry. We try not to do that on here, but that's what he said. Well, he, yeah, oh, if you don't like it, don't watch it, don't talk about accuracy. it. Right. So here's my thing about that. What he actually said was, grow the ank up. He did say that. He right. said, but do you people really think Mattel, the toy company, who lives on selling these toys and selling He-Man toys in particular, is going to let me do a Master Universe show and kill He-Man? That's when he said, grow up. Right. And it's not wrong. Right? No. So here's, here's the real crux to why I think there's really an issue with this show. I think part two is going to alleviate a lot of fears and all that marketing we saw and all the impression we had about what this show was, I think it's coming. And Netflix would have been way better served if they'd released both parts of this show at the same time. While we have a part one to part two, I have no idea. They thought they were giving us some big cliffhanger and going to build buzz about it. They didn't realize how upset people were going to be because now they've got the wrong impression about what this show is. Yeah. I like the show. Have you finished it? I have finished it. Okay. I have finished it. I have finished. I've watched it in its entirety and everything I just said, but I can understand why people have problems stands true. Now, the first part of is basically Tila was the only main character in the show who did not know who he man was. And I will tell you, I will not sit here and tell you that when I watched it as a kid, I noticed that, but rewatching that series as an adult, I've had the thought more than once. The fact that she doesn't know is stupid, and when she finds out, she's going to be pissed. Well, guess what happens first episode? She finds out, now she's pissed. That is something we have to deal with, right? Right. And we spent a lot of the first five episodes dealing with the fallout of that, which did need to be addressed. Now we're past that, and we're going to keep moving forward. And I agree, but it, I, I will say this, that part of it could have been a subplot while other stuff is going on, but we really made it the, the main plot, her dealing with that and her having to recombine the sort of power and in the process, bringing Adam back from Praternia. That was the plot, the first five episodes. Okay. And we could have had it. it so that's actually a pretty cool story, right? He man sacrificed himself to save the universe. Now the people who are left are 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 going to try to rejoin the sort of power and bring magic back to the universe and bring He Man back. And that's what we did. Right. Now at the end of the fifth episode, Skeletor stabs him in the back, literally. So we're dealing with that again. I did think that was a little too far. The fact that we killed him twice in the first five episodes was a little much for me. Yeah. But He's coming back. Like Kevin Smith's already said, we finished editing part two and both Skeletor He-Man battles are awesome. 
So we are going to get the show they promised us, and it's bait and switch will not feel so bad. Yeah. If people will just chill well, out and stick with it, it is a good show, and I think a lot of people's fears are going to be alleviated with part two. Yeah. No, I mean, the thing is, is, I don't know. I mean, nothing about all the lead into this bothered me. It, it was the usual characters that were driving the drama uh, to hate this show before it came out. And on that hand, like, you know, when I, when I see certain people driving hate for a show or a movie that's not out yet, I immediately dismiss it. Now, we have some friends who don't like this show, but they did not make that decision until they saw it, which is, by the way, the proper way to do things. Yeah. If you've seen it and you don't like it. And that's the thing. I'm going to watch it. Now, what I didn't like was Kevin Smith, after the fact, telling people, like you said, you know, if you don't like it, if you don't like something, don't talk about it. Kevin Smith is also a podcaster. Kevin Smith has also made an entire DVD discussing Tim Burton's (laughs) Batman. Yep. I know. It's like, he he totally, we're all human. He totally decided to walk a mile in Ron Johnson's shoes. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's what he did. It's like, come on, man. It's, I just, sometimes Kevin Smith needs to know when to shut up. I I understand what you're saying. I know sometimes you just want to go, Kevin, just stop, dude. Some people don't like your show and some people aren't. You've been doing this long enough to know that. Just, but that's the whole thing is I think that Kevin Smith drove the drama behind this. Like, I think that every time he opened his mouth, he just gave them more. He added fuel to the fire every time he opened his mouth. If at some point he had just stopped addressing the naysayers, talked about his show, I I don't think this would have gotten nearly as big. I think he fed the fire. It's like yeah. it's like Ryan Johnson calling people that didn't like his movie man babies. He fueled the fire. Yeah. I don't like uh I don't like when creators tell their fans to grow up cuz it reminds me of Zack Snyder telling people to grow up the, the thing is, and is just accept that Batman kills people. The thing is, is having Kevin Smith tell you to grow up is like, it's kind of like having Peter Pan tell you to grow up. Right. Right. He openly embraces the up. idea that he's a big kid. Yeah. So I, I like the guy. Like I'm not, no, I'm that's not the thing. Him. I'm a Kevin Smith fan, but I do think that he, I don't know whether knowingly or unknowingly fueled the fire that surrounded this whole thing. I would probably say knowingly because no, I mean, there's no such thing as bad publicity, right? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. You you say there's no such thing as bad publicity, but last Jedi certainly hurt solo. No, you're right. I'm just saying what the saying is. Yeah, no, I, I get it. I, I, don't I just it. I don't know that I believe that it's true. <laughs> I don't believe it's true either. At least in the at believe? least in the information age, at least in the computer age where nothing ever goes away. Okay, so what does Kevin Smith believe though? I think Kevin Smith's probably the kind of guy who thinks that there's no such thing as bad publicity. 
Well, I'm going to tell you, Kevin has always been the kind of guy who said what he thought and be damned what you thought of it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's one of the things, and that's one that. of the things I like about him. Yeah. Um, it's one of the things I still like about him. And I don't really have a problem per se that he said some of the things he said to people that were immediately dismissive of this show before it was even out. Uh, but I do think that the drama has, has ballooned into what it is because of the things he said. You know, to, to go out and talk about how, oh yeah, you're a huge He-Man fan when you know there's video out there of you saying you didn't care anything about He-Man. Like it's out there. It's not that old. It's on comic book men. So it's, it's not even that old. <laughs> like you, you knew you right. said that and you knew that people that, especially your followers, I mean, you, he's one of those guys that his fans watch everything he does. No matter how good or bad it is, he has a hardcore fan base that follows everything he does. Yeah. And I and that's one of the weird things to mm. me is some of the people that have turned on him are part of his hardcore fan base. Oh, just, just as far as this show goes, it's a good show. And if you wanted something that was going to have the exact same feel and be just as innocent as what you watched when you were a kid. Oh, wait till next year. They got one of those coming too. This ain't it. They told us this was going to be more grown up and there were going to be higher stakes. And it needed to be be honestly, it's like, it's like, and and I'll say like snake eyes, like, you know, I just watched snake eyes and and we'll talk about that here in a minute, but like, I don't need a GI Joe movie. Or, or even an animated show, like if they're going to make something that's not for, unless it's for little kids, like I, you know, if you're making it for the people that were fans of this stuff 35 years ago, right? We've grown up. Then it needs to be a little more grown up because let's face it, those things were like they weren't. They were very, very kiddy. They were all about teaching moral lessons. They weren't even really about depth of story or the characters or anything. They were seriously just about teaching moral lessons. There was actually a segment at the end of every He-Man show where He-Man or Tila or Man-at-Arms or Orko talked directly to the audience who were a bunch of little kids and teaching them moral lessons. And on top of that, it was a toy commercial. We're going to be honest. The whole show was created. The thought of toys came out first. Yeah. It was a toy commercial. Yeah. But it was still, though, it was still entertaining. And I watched that. I watched that old 1980 show as an adult, and I'm entertained. Mm-hmm. But my mind, while I'm watching it, is geared around what I'm getting. But yeah. if I wanted a new He-Man show to entertain me today as an adult, then it needed to be something like what we're getting. Yeah. That's, that's really what a lot of people are upset about is the fact that it's, he told us it was going to be like this, right. except for the fact they marked, they kind of gave us the impression He-Man was, it was a He-Man show. And I, like I said, I think that's getting corrected in part two. So everybody chill out. There are other characters from Masters of the Universe that we had, even in that old show, we had episodes that centered just on Tila. I'm sorry y'all got four of them in a row. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's going to be okay. I like the show. 
I understand why people are upset, but the people that are upset, just give part two a chance. I, I, I think we're getting somewhere good. Um, David, are you still there? Yes. <laughs> what just, do you think about all I this? Ain't got much He's not a He-Man fan, and he hadn't watched the show, so I ain't okay. got a lot to say. Yeah. I've learned an important lesson. If you ain't got nothing to say, don't say nothing. Right. Um. So, did either of y'all watch Snake Eyes? I have not watched Snake Eyes. No. Um, I'm not going to go real deep into it. It's still fairly new. It's only in theaters, so I don't want to go, like, super spoilery. Um, Because, like you said, people aren't going to the movie quite as quickly. It's only been out a week. I ain't been out a week yet. Um, But, although I guess by the time this comes out, it'll have been out for two weeks. So I'll be mildly spoilery. Um, there is a really, really good movie hidden in there somewhere. Uh, Henry mm. Golding mm. is absolutely fantastic as Snake Eyes. Uh, Andrew Koji is, uh, he honestly stole the show as Storm Shadow. But there are a few moments in there, and I and I really wanted. Uh, I was trying to get uh, David Poole to come on. We went and saw it last weekend. I was trying to get him to come on and talk tonight. Um, so I'm kind of kind of going on some things that he said, kind of springboarding all some things he said um, that really I didn't think about that way initially. But after he said it, I was like, yeah, you're right. Um, you know, we're doing this movie, and and it's you know it's pretty good, but like some of the story points are a little cheesy. Like we could have done this movie without saying the name GI Joe. Like you only like squeezed it in at an awkward moment just to tie it to GI Joe, but we all knew it was GI Joe. You didn't need to say it. Um, the end of the movie, when, when, um, when the character become decides that he's no longer, um, whatever his actual name is, he, that he's now Storm Shadow. Cheesy as hell. Like, this moment where he's just like, no, don't call me that. Just call me Storm Shadow. It's like, that was just a really <laughs> weird moment. Just um, hearing you say it sounds dumb. And, and it's about the way it is in the movie. And, and, it, and it's like the very end of the movie. It's like, we knew he was Storm Shadow. Like, you didn't have to go on this whole thing about you know, like we go on this thing about this anti-terrorist organization that uh, Scarlet is part of. That's all you needed to know. You knew that was G.I. Joe. We didn't need this awkward line to talk about G.I. Joe. Like, you know, we have this anti-terrorist organization. We have the terrorist organization. Seeing the, seeing the Cobra logo, that was enough to know who we were dealing with. It's like, but they had to have these weird, awkward, out of place moments where they felt like they needed to tell the audience what was happening. It was like, but we, we knew those things like, and you told them in such a goofy way that people who aren't familiar with it are still going to think it's weird. Yeah. Um, the story is a little bit generic at times, but, um, the action in it is absolutely fantastic. The only real gripe I have with the movie, other than my nitpicks about including, you didn't have to say G.I. Joe, you didn't have to say Cobra. 
you didn't even have to have the guy tell us that, oh, I'm Storm Shadow now at the end. Like, you didn't have to do those things. My big gripe, and it was the gripe, it was the probably the most common gripe about this movie. Um, some of the editing on the fight scenes is a little much. Like, it's choppy. It's real choppy. Um, way too many quick cuts. And I understand that it was the style they were going for, but to me, that takes away from the action. Like, when I think about that kind of action, the one that I go back to currently, and I think Daniel will agree with me on this, is uh, Into the Badlands. Like, mm-hmm. show me the action. Like, let me see them fight. Yep. And uh, I, to me, when you do the quick cuts, you you kind of take away, like, sometimes it's hard to even tell exactly what's happening. Um, like pull that camera back and let me see the fight. And it would have been fine if it had been a mixture of both, but it's really not. It's almost all quick cut, fast paced, and it's, it's distracting. All right. But you can be fast paced and not because with a quick cut, when you just here, 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 you can't, you don't actually know what the hell's going on when you overdo that. When, when that first became the style, there were some films that did it really well. Yeah. That's when it became popular. But now everybody's trying to copy it, and they're not as good at it. Right. So it just looks terrible sometimes. And that's what happened. And some but of the scenes are do, good, and some of you, them are bad. You can do, but like you brought up into the Badlands, you can do fast. That shit's yeah. really fast. Yeah, it is. But you can see what's happening, and it looks... You know, we, David talked earlier about people who are supposed to be human looking superhuman. It, sometimes it makes people look superhuman as fast as you can make people look like they're moving in a good fight choreography. Yeah. You know, that, and that's really, I'm with you within the Badlands. That's the way to do it. That's what, that's what the martial arts and Iron Fist should have looked like. Absolutely. In fact, I think that was part of that. That didn't help my feelings about Iron Fist because they were kind of out around the same time. And it yep. was like you watch that and then you try to watch Iron Fist and you just go, nah, that's not it. No. Um, and, and if you haven't watched, I'm, I'm constantly amazed how few people actually watched Into the Badlands. I feel like when I talk about it, more people tell me they haven't seen it than have. And um, if you like martial arts stuff, you're really missing out if you don't go track that one down and watch it. Uh, probably like apocalyptic the apocalyptic sci-fi you're missing out. It, Absolutely. Into the Badlands is an interesting case because I ha- I've seen a few episodes uh, while uh, Daniel was watching it. I would catch them, and they're really good. Um, I have a theory of why nobody watched it uh, because it came out on AMC around the same time that Walking Dead was getting really bad. And I think the first season it followed walking dead and they did that to try to draw the viewership to it. But right. You, yeah, I guess ratings for walking dead started to drop around that time. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I remember, and it just, at the time, I feel like AMC was sort of earning this reputation because breaking bad was over and now it's just dead. And I almost had this feeling around AMC, like, and streaming services were becoming bigger and there was this slow cultural association with quality TV equals streaming service, bad TV equals AMC show. Which isn't, which wasn't the case. I mean, that's no, just, that's, no. 
But I think that's where like the cultural consensus was going to. If if Into the Badlands had come out on a come out on a streaming service, I bet it would have been a hit. Yeah. But that I will say this: making it follow Walking Dead worked on me because that is how I found it. Yeah. But I was hooked. First episode. But it's some of the best. I mean, <sighs> it may be the best martial arts TV series in decades. And I mean, I would put what they did in that Most show. Kung with... Fu series is were really good. Yeah, but maybe since 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 Kung Fu the Legend continues, I don't know that I think of a whole lot in between there. There's not just is a... Walker Texas Ranger a martial arts show. Yeah, yeah, I think you have. Just the Roundhouse people, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, so... I think you, I think you'd have to call Walker Texas Ranger uh, martial arts show. I mean, but. Uh, this, this, but it's, yeah, but it is, uh, I mean, I think what they did, a lot of martial arts movies would do well to emulate, not just TV series. I think they did a lot of things. I think they elevated what could be done, um, and didn't, haven't really gotten the, um, credit that they deserve for what they did on that show. And the actors, Daredevil, a martial arts TV show. I think it's classified that way. Especially season two with all the ninjas. Oh, season, dude, season two. And really, season three also, they were very... They did a lot of things in Daredevil. I can compare favorably to End of the Badlands. Yeah. That was, was there were some really great fight choreography in, in Daredevil. Right. Yeah. Which is why Daredevil it was amazing. Two had a lot more like almost like boxing fight choreography. Yeah. Just I was about to say it's a, different, out of each other. Yeah. it's a different type of fight, but it's still yeah. very well choreographed. The hearing season two, when he's fighting ninjas and stuff, then yeah. I feel like there was way more martial arts going on. Yeah. That's still what as fast as in the badlands. Oh, oh no, 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 I, not at all. But it was still a well choreographed, uh, the, fighting. The, um, the damn tracking shots in I know. Daredevil were just... I remember episode two, the hallway fight. I, I made David come over to the house and watch that. I'm like, this is all one shot. Like, what does that mean? I'm like, just watch. They got this in one take. Watch the camera follow Charlie Cox. This is one shot. I was just... I'm still amazed by it. It's fantastic. Yeah. You made your mom yeah. watch it. Knowing she doesn't give a crap. <laughs> You're like, no, no mama got to watch she, she's, this. Yeah, nope, she doesn't care anything about filmmaking techniques. She doesn't care anything about comic books. She don't care anything about martial arts. Everything that made that scene great, she had no interest in, but I made her watch it anyway, like twice, I think. <laughs> yeah. All right, so he <laughs> gave me a nice segue there, uh, bringing up Daredevil. Um, so it looks like some things might be finally coming to fruition with Wilson Fisk. Showing up in a couple of upcoming MCU projects, sounds like. Yeah. Um, Thank goodness. <clears throat> I, mean, I mean, is there anything bad to say about that? Well, there's absolutely nothing like, bad to say about it. I mean, I, I think that's a win. I mean, he was absolutely fantastic. And uh, I mean, I think you can bring him into the MCU proper at this point and immediately he's going to be one of the best. Yeah, he's going to be, uh, he's just going to One of the best right villains in. In, in the. Uh, MCU. And I think that, I think that's great. 
I really was thinking more along the lines of what does that mean as far as the rest of the characters? We really haven't gotten any rumors about, but, um, and of course there's a lot of questions and, and a lot of people have said, well, how can you do that? Like, how can this happen? You know, we obviously want some of these actors back. Some of them we don't yep. like, you know, the ones from Iron Fist. Uh, like, you know, so how do we do that? And I think the easy answer is, I think they just, I think Loki already answered all your questions. And that, I don't even need that. I don't even need that. You know what I need? Just, all right, here's Matt, Mar here's Matt Murdock. Here's Foggy Nelson. Here's Karen Page. They're the same characters you saw in that Netflix series. Just go with it. It's all good. We don't actually even have to go back and address anything you saw on Netflix. You already know what happened. It's there if you want to go and watch it. It's all good. It don't matter. We're yeah. going forward from here. Here are your characters. You know, here's um, here's Luke Cage. He's still, you know, if we want to pick up where that series left off, fine. If we don't, I'm fine with that, too. You don't need any of that. But here's Dude, Mike Dalton in Harlem. Luke Cage in Harlem. It's all good. You know, that, oh, uh, here's your new Danny Rand, but he's not really new because the old one never existed. We're just not going to address it. We're just, just don't even address it. Yeah. Don't. If you want those actors back playing those characters, bring them back. If you want to, if you want somebody other than Finn Jones playing Iron Fist, which I think obviously you do, then you, okay, here's your new Iron Fist story with this different actor. And you don't even have to worry that the other one even existed. Not everything has to be explained by some big, every time we make a change or something like that, there doesn't have to be some big explanation to make it all make sense and make it all continue. We're at a point right now where we basically ignore the fact that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. even existed. But for the fans of that show, you want to go back and watch it? Fine, go back and watch it. That's cool. We're making more money. It's all good. We're never talking about them again in any of our movies, but that's fine. It don't matter. We're yeah. taking this shit too seriously. Bro. Bring back Charlie Cox. Bring back <clears throat> Deborah Wool and bring back um, oh crap! Whoever played the actor plays Foggy. I know his name because I see him in everything. Fulton Reed. Anyway, he looks like huh? a Foggy Fulton, to me. Fulton Reed. Fulton Reed. Yep. <laughs> Fulton Reed. He, well, he is. Yeah. Uh, no, it's it. it if you told me that guy, if I realized that guy introduced back. himself and he said I'm Foggy, I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> Bring back the actors you want to bring back, and you don't even ever War have machine. to address the fact they War were in machine, a Rhodey. Well, Rhodey, they just recasted him. They just re Iron Man two, just well, a different recasted actor. the Hulk too. I mean, Hulk. Although the Hulk's kind of like treated like that movie's kind of like the you know redheaded step redheaded child. stepchild of the MCU. What I'm saying right? is, we can bring back the actors we want to bring back, and we can replace Finn Jones. No. And we can say, hey, these Netflix shows did happen, or we can not and still bring back the same actors. You don't even, you don't, you're, you're right. It doesn't really have to be addressed at all to bring no, these characters I, in. I doubt we're ever getting a, another Iron Fist, though. I, I, I think, think Shang-Chi is their answer to that. I don't. I think that once you do Shang-Chi, I think that you're almost going to have to turn around and do uh, I'll Iron say Fist. It, I'll say it like this. If that Iron Fist show had never been greenlit and made at Netflix, in September we'd be getting an Iron Fist movie <laughs> instead of a Shang-Chi movie. I agree. I, you're probably I right. That. But I do think that this could drive some serious uh, weight into actually wanting to go back and do 
yeah. another Iron Fist film, or you know, an Iron Fist film or a show. You know what? We know what these two characters got in common. They both do martial arts. And that's about it. They, they both they got acted in the dragons, books, huh? And dragons. What? And dragons. Well, yeah, uh, you know, it's all in that Oriental mythology right. stuff. But they've interacted in the comic books. They're friends in the comic books. Do they share an origin story? No. No, they don't. They're they're don't. they're unrelated. But I do think that if Iron Fist, I mean, if if Shang Chi hits all the right notes, I think that it could drive some interest into doing more martial arts films yeah. in the MCU. Right. And honestly, I think that if you're, I mean, if you're going to do another martial arts character in the MCU, I still think Iron Fist is like your. I think Iron yeah. Fist is a bigger character than Shang Chi. Like, yeah. I think that if you're if you're looking at it and you're going, yeah, we want to make more martial arts films. I think the first one you at least discuss is Iron Fist. Yeah. Cool. Shang Chi. Hmm. Oh yeah, we're not we're not on video. I forgot. I'm 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 showing off my comic books now. <laughs> I'm gonna pull out my Stiltman comic. Anyway, yeah, Vincent D'Onofrio. What's the the big rumors right now? Is, is he's going to be in the Hawkeye show, huh? Yeah. So and you got Charlie Cox showing up in in Spider Man. Do we think is that's it, real? Charlie Cox yes. or yeah the yeah. The, the, the Charlie Cox and Spider Man uh, rumors. Yeah. Not Charlie Cox. I think he's actually real. I don't think he's CGI. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> that is showing up. Um, I think for sure. Uh, Vincent D'Onofrio and Hawkeye, I don't know, kind of weird. You know, there's there's a lot of talk about like, ooh, well, this character, maybe this character will be introduced in this, and and maybe this will tie it all in, and it'll be through this. And and my response to that is always like, well, why would they do that? Why would they choose? Why would they choose Loki to bring back Agent Carter? Like that's just a weird thing and a weird back. You know, that's all the speculation, and that's kind of how I feel. Like, why would they choose Kingpin to come back in Hawkeye? But then when I think about it, the thing is, is Hawkeye kind of makes sense. Well, and Hawkeye's kind of the wild card here. Like we don't really know exactly and, what the, anything about the story in that one yet. And if it's just about Hawkeye. You know, Hawkeye can fight aliens if he's standing next to Iron Man. But if it's just about Hawkeye and he's shooting arrows at stuff, it's got to be way more street level. And Kingpin works with that. That makes sense. Um, that'd be cool. You can tie in the, you know, sort of Ronin thing. Maybe during that five year, if you want to pick up from... Well, he from was hunting where, down crime bosses and stuff. So hunting down crime bosses. If you want to pick up from Daredevil and address it, he was in prison. A lot of good things could have happened in that five years during the snap that gets Kingpin out of prison for sure. Um, I don't want to interrupt, but I found it. Yeah, I know y'all are impressed, right? Yeah, I, I am. <laughs> I think that's cool. Uh, um, so, so, I mean. Uh, I mean, what else? I mean, what are y'all looking forward to coming up? I mean, we've got Shang-Chi. We've got What If. We've got Hawkeye is apparently what the if. one. What um, No, uh, my, mine is Shang-Chi. I have loved those trailers. Yep. Me too. Um, I love that actor. I'm a big fan of Kim's Convenience, as yep. I think we all are. And I am really excited to see him do something different. And uh, we're actually getting the Mandarin for real this time. Yep. 
which is a little bit bittersweet because I actually thought uh, Ben Kingsley's fake Mandarin was a really good Mandarin. But anyway, that is what it is. Yeah. So, no, that's what Shang-Chi I'm excited looks- about. I'm ready for that show. Shang-Chi looks awesome, but genuinely, and it's weird because the show's not going to matter at all, I am so freaking excited for What If. It's going to be so cool. Though, I've been reading, because the closer we get, the more and more episodes that are announced. And I'm happy we're getting a lot of them. But some of them are kind of like, okay. Like, one of them's like, what if Spider-Man had the cloak of levitation? And I'm just like reading that. I'm like, who? That's not... Like, you hear, what if... What if Agent Carter got the Super Soldier Serum? Okay, feasible. That makes that's sense. Cool. That's cool. Yeah. What if Marvel Zombies? Okay, that's a big comic book thing. Marvel Zombies. That's cool. That makes sense. And then it's like, what if Killmonger saved Iron Man? Okay. What if Spider-Man had the Cloak of Levitation? Yeah, some of them are... I mean, okay. I'm sure there's going to be some hits and some misses in it. I I actually, I actually think that Killmonger saving Iron Man thing is there's an uh, there is actually going to be some stuff centered around what if Yondu had picked up T'Challa yeah. instead of, and then in that situation, Killmonger does end up inheriting the throne and becoming the Black Panther. I think that's all tied into well, that same story. To I be also. Though the the Killmonger saving Tony Stark thing is actually to me really intriguing, because if Tony doesn't yeah. have that experience, there's no Iron Man. There's no Iron Man. Um, and that's cool. So what if what if Tony Stark doesn't get hit by an IUD? There's the there's the concept. No, no. But then you got to you put in Killmonger, and it just gets kind of weird. Because also, if you look at the timeline, wouldn't he be like I don't know, twelve years old around that point or something? Like no, he'd be. It was in the nineties. He was twelve, so he'd be like I don't know, eighteen or something, like twenty. Like it's just kind of weird. It's just kind of like a Killmonger would be, and so it's kind of like what? Okay. But also at the same time, I do like that they're not just going through old what if comics and pulling stuff out. Somebody is sitting in a room. And literally saying the words, uh, what if, um, they could, there are a lot of cases. What if, they are. what if Killmonger pull and they are pulling and that's cool. I want them to pull stuff from the comic books, but I also like that they are coming up with their own stuff. They, they, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm a little sad. They didn't option the one that we pitched on here one night. <laughs> Which one was that? Uh, Captain America, God of Thunder. I know. I was so <laughs> proud of that one. So that one, dad, if you didn't know. It was. Were yeah. you here for that? Here in the alley. I wasn't here for that one, but that sounds so awesome. In the alleyway, when when he's still skinny, Steve Rogers. Yep. The the hammer drops or whatever, and he picks it up, and he becomes Thor. Because my my theory is that like skinny Steve Rogers is still worthy. I think Absolutely. yeah, that's the thing. And he was always worthy. Captain America, God of Thunder, or Thor, the first Avenger, or whatever. My also pitch I really wanted to see was, and I I don't think any episodes are this, but I'm so like disappointed because it's perfect. It's what if blank was the Sorcerer Supreme? My my pitch is what if Bruce Banner was Sorcerer Supreme during his quest for peace and whatever he ends up meeting the Ancient One. You know, like an incredible what he's doing, all he's meditating and all that, so it's like spiritual. He meets the Ancient One to learn the peace and whatever and bruce banner sorcerer supreme but there's still the hulk 
and he can keep it under control. And then you can do the thing where what if just he does still combine the Hulk and you got like Doc, Doc Green, you got like smart boy Hulk, but he's wearing the Doctor Strange outfit and is a magician. Like that's cool to me, man. But yeah, or I actually was hoping that like what if Tony Stark Sorcerer Supreme, like I thought that'd be cool. But there's no Sorcerer Supreme episodes. There is a Doctor Strange episode. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, I'm sure we'll get a season two. I won't be able to get plenty more. Oh, I'm sure. Cool stuff. I know that like if if most kids are as excited about uh what if as mine are, then then they should do very yeah. well with uh <laughs> with I'm so I'm so excited we're getting Marvel zombies in any capacity because that book is freaking insane. And just the f- and this, this not gonna be, it's going to be nothing like the book, but I just love it. I just love it so much that they're doing zombies. Yeah. That book, I don't know if dad, if you ever read that book, but it is just mm-hmm. messed up. It's written by Robert Kirkman who wrote walking dead. And it yep. is just like, it is just Robert being like, I'm going to ruin your favorite characters. <laughs> And so, like, Spider-Man eats Aunt May and Mary Jane, but the thing is, they're still lucid, like, they're still themselves, so he's, like, crying all the time. He's like, oh, my God, I can't believe I ate Aunt May, as he's putting more flesh into his mouth. It's just horrible. Hulk eats Magneto's leg as Hulk, but then when he shrinks back down to Bruce Banner, his stomach gets smaller, so now there's just this leg that burst out of his stomach, and it's just hanging there. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I know. And then Silver Surfer comes, and he's like, okay, I don't even have to feel bad about Galactus eating this one. <laughs> so, so he calls Galactus, but then they kill Silver Surfer and eat him. So then they all get the power cosmic. So then Galactus shows up, and then they kill Galactus. And this part's actually kind of cool. And they become Galactus. So then they travel from planet to planet, eating the planets. And they become the new Galactus. Because there's like seven sequels to the Marvel Zombies. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're ever going to get that. But still, very cool. <laughs> Love Marvel Zombies because it's so messed up and yeah. so stupid. Well, the whole idea um, of doing a what-if show is uh, it's just a lot of fun because you've got all these kind of alternate versions of stories that people want to see like Marvel zombies. And you can do it this way without there being any question about, uh, you know, and I'm glad we're getting a Spider-Man episode. Cause I was worried that there was going to be some Sony BS where we can't get a Spider-Man thing showing up on the Disney plus streaming show, but no, there's Spider-Man's in it. So that's really cool and promising. I'd love to see more Spider-Man. What ifs? Um, yeah, I actually think that, fits really well. I think that's a good sign of whatever relationship is currently going on between Disney and Sony yeah. on Spider-Man. Cause, um, yeah, you know, there's always the possibility of Sony pulling the plug basically after every movie. Yep. What do you guys uh, think of the possibility of, a uh, agent Carter showing up in multiverse of madness, but as captain Carter, I mean, Honestly, Multiverse of Madness, like, you almost th- you almost throw the rules out the window when you do something like that. Mm-hmm. So I, I have no idea. I mean, you could have just about anybody show up. I've been that. having actual real-life dreams 
then I'm watching Multiverse of Madness and like the entire Fox X Men cast shows up, and then Tobey Maguire shows up, like the whole thing. Like it's gonna be amazing. That's not gonna happen, but whatever does happen no. is gonna be super cool. There are entirely too many possibilities yeah. about that show to speculate about any of it until we see some more. Till they actually, you know, yeah. Till we were to get set photos or. Shit like that. Why hasn't Sony released a No Way Home trailer? Oh my god. Every day. I don't know why people are freaking out about that so much. That's been dropping that's been dropping every week since Christmas. Yep. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just I think they're they're pushing an awful lot of stuff right now. And uh I don't know. So Dad, what I'm most excited about is No Way Home, only because of the possibility of of course the spider-man so so dad hmm. is to- is toby Maguire and or andrew garfield gonna be in no way home no you think it's all just it's all be i think that I, yeah no i think that was uh started out as fan theory slash fan hopefulness that uh somebody tied it to some rumor and it sort of took off on i don't i don't know that there was no. ever any real solid evidence for that no but there is Alfred Molina's Doc Ock is showing up, so that's something. This is true. So there will be multiverse, right? But yeah, no, I don't, yeah. I don't know what to think. Yeah, we'll just have to see how that goes, and and it's um, part of that's going to go back to you know how they're going to go about explaining the multiverse in the first place. Like you know, this can be Alfred Molina playing Doc Ock. It doesn't have to be the same one. Yeah, it's true too. We got yeah. J. John Jameson. You know, we've got J.K. Simmons playing him, and it's not actually the same J. Jonah yeah. that was in Toby's movie. And it's not from the multiverse. It's just the fact that the actor's so good at it. And Alfred Molina is a perfect Doc Ock. Yeah. So all that's going to be real interesting. And I mean, we haven't even. I mean, we've we've heard we've heard very little from actual sources at Marvel over what is going on with that film and. Um, I don't know. I'm ready to see who, uh, ready to see a trailer, but again, I, I don't know. I don't know when they're going to drop a trailer on us. They're really pushing Shang-Chi pretty hard right now, um, because he's a lesser known character. So they're really pushing that one. Um, and I'm sold on that one. The trailers look great. Yeah. The trailers are fantastic. Abomination. And Wong. I know. It's so weird, but I kind of like it. Part of me is like, that's so weird. Why would they choose Shang-Chi to reintroduce Abomination? But then it's, well, why not? Well, we, we, we get to see him. I don't know if it'll be more than just a second, and we already knew he was coming back because he's going to be in She-Hulk. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, I mean, it's one of those things. It's a CGI character, so if you've got the if you've done the work, I mean, yeah. by all means, you put him wherever Tim you want Roth to. You don't need to come back. Right. That'd be cool, though. Yeah. It would be cool. All right. So anything else you're looking forward to before I move on to the last thing that I'm really looking forward to? Nope. Go ahead. Drop it on us. Dune. And, of course, this is the one I've been excited about for what seems like forever now. Um, But, man, these trailers just look absolutely amazing. Like... You know, this is the one of those books that's been called unadaptable forever. Um, and, and 
you know, it's been tried a couple of times and they, you know, mostly miss, you know, mixed results, very mixed results. This just looks absolutely stunning. Everything about it so far. Yep. No, I, I agree with you. And the casting is just, there, there are actually some actors that whenever I heard they were cast for the characters they were cast for, I sort of went, huh? But then you see them in the trailer and really the first one pops my mind is Oscar Isaac. When they cast Oscar yes. Isaac, I was like, uh, it's a good actor, but I don't see that. Right. But the more I see them in the trailer, I buy it. I'm sorry. 100%. Um, Timothy Chalamet is exactly the way I pictured uh, Paul. Mm-hmm. And Rebecca Ferguson was the only perfect choice. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. For that. So I am absolutely... It, 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 everything looks great. The plant looks great. The sandworms just that it, it's great CGI. And we always talk about too much CGI. I don't know how the hell you do a sandworm like that practical effects. <laughs> so it's okay. And it, it, it's a good mix of CGI and what, and, and looks like actually some practical props too. And I hope that's what it is because we all know that's usually what works out best. Do this, do stuff practical when you can and CGI when you have to. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Practical effect, uh, sandworm. Did you ever watch Chuck? Yeah. You remember when, uh, Chuck, Chuck and Morgan, uh, go to the party dressed as a sandworm? No, I, I may not have seen that episode. I didn't watch that show religiously, but I've seen, I've seen enough of it to know what it's about, but I don't remember that. Yeah, you start talking about practical effects, sandworm. That's all I can really picture. <laughs> no, but this is going to be a. It, if they pull this off, it is. I don't even know what to compare it to because there's really, even in the even in the world of literature, there's nothing else in sci-fi like it. No, um, I so. No, this is huge. I mean, this is this is on par, like scope wise, what this could be. Like, this is this is Star the original trilogy of Star Wars. This is Lord of the Rings being put on big screen on the big screen, and you know, it, it's that it's that big, yeah. and um, and it just looks amazing. And of course, the cast is insane. Um, the cast they put together with for this is just absolutely amazing. It is that that, that really is my biggest, and just the way I mean, Zendaya looks amazing. The costumes are great. Costumes, are like awesome. I said, I, I I don't know how much more praise I can give everything we've seen about this movie. Right. But it, it's one of those things, you know. You you worry about you know it's you're you're adapting one of the biggest pieces of sci-fi literature ever written. And so there's all these concerns, like, you know, what's it going to look like? And yeah. And we've already tried it twice and we're not happy with and it. This, so this so just looks, it. it just, it looks right. Like, I mean, the movie yeah. might, it might bomb. Who knows? Like maybe it's just off when you watch it, but it's the first time I ever saw anything live action that was supposed to be Dune and went, yes, that's, that's Dune. That's it. That's the way I pictured it in my head right there. And it is. Uh, it is absolutely the most, 
the the parts that matter really are the way you would picture it in your head. Yeah. They even got the damn water suits right. Like yeah. nobody's even actually man the the ones in the David Lynch movie. I guess. I don't know. I don't say anything else about that, but well, the David Lynch movie, there are certainly some interesting aesthetic choices made in that. And it's like, what I will say about that when it's like, it's the plot choices in that movie. There are parts of that movie that do not follow the book at all. Right. The things they decided to change about that plot were ass and I, uh, David, David, what do you think about Dune? Uh, Dune looks great. I just started listening to it on audiobook to get ready. Nice. So I'll have a bit more to say about it probably next time we record. I'm sure I'll be finished with it by then. It's not a very long book. Um, uh, are you being least, sarcastic? Oh, okay. The audio book, at least. It's not, go, it's not that long of an audiobook recording. In fairness, um, he says it's not that long, but he's used to reading uh, things like... Oh, yeah. Um, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones, but yeah. I mean, Game of Thrones books are enormous. Like yeah. I read like crazy, but if I pick up a Game of Thrones order. book, I'm like, why is this so long? Let me let me look Mr. up. The Crows and Dance of Dragons are long. The the first three aren't that bad. All right, let me. Look. I got it right here. Dune, Dune's twenty hours long, audiobook. Um, yeah. Game of Thrones is. I'm, I got to get it here. Uh, yeah, thirty three hours. So. Oh. Like that's just uh, what I'm used to. It's not as long, so it'll be done fairly soon for me. But yeah, I'm really excited about it. it. Looks really cool. I'm very sorry. I know you already said what's one last thing before you bring up Dune, but I totally forgot. Did you guys see the Ghostbusters trailer, dude? Yes. It, yeah. That um, looks freaking fantastic too. There is a lot of good stuff coming this year. I am right. so excited for Ghostbusters. It looks awesome it looks so freaking cool and we heard dan Aykroyd's voice yeah at the end oh my god i was like i don't know I why like a- tons of people were saying that was bill murray but that was definitely no. dan Aykroyd. no that was dan definitely Aykroyd. dan definitely closed that's that's all we need that's it <laughs> yes sorry we're closed Dude, yeah, I mean, and and the people who were talking about that it looked cheesy. Did you watch the first two? Exactly. Like, like the special effects, first of all, are fine. What they really were saying was like the content was cheesy. It's a comedy. I'll be the honest with you. This cheesy. one that movie's not supposed to be taken seriously. Well, this that's the thing. And I will be I, exactly. I'll be honest with you. This one looks less cheesy than the first two. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, man, these people don't know what, what Ghostbusters is all about. They worried about that shit. Yeah, it, it looks like so much fun. Some really cool looking effects. I, I love really... the fact that they put the they put the trap on a uh, on an RC car. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I love that. <laughs> that was Paul, badass. Paul Rudd looks like he's having a great time. Oh yeah. Um, the kids look great. The story scene. I like where it's going. I. I I love the whole tone of it all. You can tell just from these trailers that, and if this is not good, I'm going to be so disappointed, but from the trailers, I get a real sense that they really cared about what they were doing. Like everybody on set cared. I didn't know Annie Potts was back in. I was glad to see her pop up in the last yeah, trailer. That was, mm-hmm. that was awesome. That ties with connectivity to it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Oh, by the way, this is why Egon had grandkids. Oh, okay. That makes sense now. I get it. Yeah, no, that one looks good. There's just a lot of good stuff coming up. All very exciting stuff. I'm... I mean, heck, we've still got three Marvel movies for this year is over. <laughs> That's true. Shang-Chi, Eternals, and Spider-Man. And then we got Doctor Strange like right at the beginning of next year. Yep. We, got a, we got What If, we got Hawkeye show coming out. And then right at the beginning of next year, we got Miss Marvel, I think, right? Like, yeah, yeah. We're, we're hitting like boom, 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 boom. Yeah, I mean, we yeah. and we knew once Marvel cranked their machine back up, that's what it was going to be. Uh, yeah. I wish Lucasfilm would take notes. <laughs> right. Lucasfilm is taking absolutely forever to get stuff out. I don't think they know what they want to do. I mean, even the stuff that's already in production, they're just taking forever with it. Man, I, I'm really glad to be back recording. I'm glad to get this one under our belts and kind of catch up on everything. And uh, next week, we'll get back to a regular schedule and we'll probably run one episode a week through August and then we'll go back to our two-a-week schedule. Uh, unless we just end up having that much good news drop on us and then we'll uh, go back to two before that. Yeah, I'm sure we'll do some more YouTube stuff as as Marvel stuff keeps coming out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, be sure we we do we do have exclusive content on our YouTube page where we talk about new release stuff. Um, so we covered Black Widow over there. We did all the Loki stuff. Um, and we will keep doing more over there. And we'll try to find something to do over there on the weeks where we don't have anything new to talk about. Although the the hope is that eventually once Star Wars and Marvel get to competing for time on the TV spots that we'll have enough to just talk about over there. Right. Yeah. We need them competing for time on the science fictionary spots. Yep. <laughs> that needs to be their, their goal. Gosh, shoot. Andrew and Daniel and David and Marisha don't talk about this show this week. We failed. <laughs> I'm sure we're foremost on their minds. <laughs> All right, but that's going to that's gonna wrap us up for tonight. So, David, where can people find you online? You guys can find me on Twitter at David underscore JG Peoples, complaining about the Black Widow vest. <laughs> and uh daniel where can people find you i am dan c peeps on twitter all right and defending you... the black widow vest <laughs> yes and you can find me running the twitter account for this show at sci underscore fictionary you can drop us a line at the science fictionary at gmail.com and as always you can find our podcast as well as the rest of the red five podcast family at red five network.com and at Red5Network on Twitter. And until next time, live long and prosper.